0: i Spaces
1: To everyone, talk to all the speakers to get in.
2: Hey guys, how's it going?
3: It is going well, sir. How's it going with you?
2: It is also going well. Excited to be here. Excited to talk about Warp. It's been a
4: while since we've talked about Warp.
3: <laughs> Nothing could get you more excited, right, Vlad?
4: You're absolutely right. I'm excited
2: to have Quasar up here. I actually met Quasar in Cosmoverse. Really cool people. Really cool product.
4: Doing some great stuff.
5: Hey, what's up, guys? How are you doing?
4: Doing great. Good to see
5: you. Nice, yeah. Good to talk to you guys. Uh, Happy to be here and happy to be talking about Warp and Quasar.
6: Hey, everyone. Miku here from the marketing team. I think I remember you, Vlad, from Cosmoverse. Uh, Also, great product, great team. (laughs) Looking forward to this conversation about this upcoming integration.
2: Thank you. Yeah. Are we waiting on anyone else?
1: We're waiting for Steph from the Quasar team. I think I see him in here as a listener. Okay, we have everyone. We're good to go.
4: Hey there.
7: Hi, guys. Steph here from the Quasar development team.
4: Hey, Steph. Good to see you.
7: Good to see you. How's it going?
4: Going great.
2: I'm glad we could all join today.
1: Yeah, I guess we can get started. So welcome, everybody. Um, welcome to our listeners. Thank you all for joining. And we're hosting this space today because we reached a major milestone for WAP Protocol. We actually just launched V2 on Wednesday. Um, so for those who are new, WAP Protocol is a smart contract automation tool and the new version comes with a better account management system, new fee mechanism, including lunar value capture and switch statements for job executions. And with that upgrade, we're ready for integrations. That's why we've invited the Quasar team today, because we'll be working together on an integration. And maybe a quick intro to Quasar. It's a decentralized asset management platform and offers vaults to passive investors who want to earn some yield, and also the opportunity for asset managers to create their own vaults based on their own strategies. And with the help of Warp, they will be able to automate reward distribution and potentially more. But, yeah, I think we will be able to talk about that today. So maybe we can do a quick round of intros of our guests. Um, Yeah, maybe we can start with the Warp team. We have Vlad, the Apps team lead from TFL. Then we have Georgie, who is the Warp founding dev. We have Zion, TFL head of communications. On the Quasar side, we have Lawrence, who is the Quasar CTO. Steph, um, one of the Quasar core devs and myself, Leonie, I'm on the marketing team. So maybe a quick note for all the listeners. If you have any questions, uh, leave them in the comments or just request to speak. We'll have some time reserved for Q&A at the end. Yeah, let's just get right into it. Maybe Vlad, you can give us an explainer of what WAP actually is and what it does in a bit more depth.
4: Cool. Yeah.
2: So I'll give a I'll give a rundown of the problem that we face and then why we came up with Warp as a solution. So, um when we were first building Fountain which was a protocol meant for recurring payments, it was meant for um you know streaming payments, there were a lot of cases where we noticed that um there were transactions that needed to be executed at some point in the future. Um, and so at that point, there were only a couple ways to, to do that. So the first case, um, obviously you can sit there, you can wait for, you know, if you're doing a recurring payment, you can like send a payment manually, you know, once a month, um, you could also use a bot. Uh, for that, you'd have to hook it up to you know, AWS or you'd have to hook it up to um, some service where you'd have to have the bot running. So the bot is essentially sitting there for you um, and waiting to send your assets like once a month. Um, we came up with um, a solution to this because we found out that there was no real decentralized way to do this. Um, and many protocols actually rely on things like this. Um, for instance, we have um, you know limit orders where you have to wait for a price to hit, and then you execute the swap um, when that price hits. If you use a bot for stuff like this, um, you risk like like your your biggest risk becomes the centralization of that bot. So if that bot goes down, if something happens to it, if it's not updated properly on time. Um, for whatever functions that you're using, um, your protocol essentially no longer functions um, in the case of limit orders, this is even a bigger risk because um essentially you have so many assets that are controlled um, under one contract that you know um, that protocol probably owns, and then if the bot doesn't work, not only is um you know, they're, they're a centralization risk, but there's also that risk that everything's on one pool. Um, and so we created Warp with the idea to be able to decentralize any automation um, on any Cosmwasm and blockchain. Um, and so, for instance, um, we the, the way this works is that you set a job um, on the Warp protocol, and this job can be Um, a condition or a set of conditions paired with a message. A condition is essentially when you wanna execute something um, like a timestamp or a price or any kind of query. Um, And the message is what you actually wanna execute. So either a send or a swap or essentially again, anything you can do on the blockchain. Um, And the way we decentralize this is you pay other people to run this for you. So instead of paying AWS to run your bot, uh, you set a reward for the job. And at that point, as long as the reward is larger than the cost it takes to run your transaction, larger than that transaction fee, anybody is able to execute that job for you um, and then obtain that reward. So multiple users are incentivized to kind of race towards that um, and be the first one to execute your job. That's basically the gist. Um, We can go more into detail later, um, but for those that don't know Warp, that should be uh, plenty to get started with this space.
1: Yeah, thanks for that intro to Warp. I think that was really great. Um, I think it also helps to think of Warp as kind of like a marketplace for keepers who execute the job and people looking to have a job executed, looking for those features that you mentioned. Um, Yeah, maybe the Quasar team also wants to give a better intro, um, a deeper intro. I think we lost Lawrence. Is he back yet? No, but maybe, Steph, you can give us an intro.
4: Yeah,
7: sure. So well, I'm Steph. So I'm from the Quasar development team. And well, just to give you a brief overview about what I do on a daily basis, I'm mostly involved in Cosmos SDK development and Cosmos and smart contracts development. At Quasar, we are uh, a decentralized asset management uh, platform. So yeah, we are really excited to dive in in possible use cases for warp. To integrate in our services because yeah, as Vlad introduced briefly before, um, a huge single point of failure are centralized um, centralized infrastructures in a decentralized uh, protocol. So you you could just leave your protocol not working, and also I see the. Um, the value, the the added value of a decentralized execution layer, um, even if executing permissionless transactions. So,
4: yeah.
1: Great. Thanks for that. Yeah, I think that also already gave a bit of an insight on how you're going to use Warp. Um, Maybe we can dive a little bit deeper into the key features of Warp and also the changes and improvements we made in Warp v 2 Maybe, Georgie, you want to speak a little bit more about that?
8: mm sure, so like uh talking about like changes in warp v two requires guys to know what warp v one had um so um with warp v two we kinda like learned on the like design cho- design choices and like some mistakes we made in the initial warp design, so initially, what warp had was a concept of virtual accounts whereby you as a user come and create like a virtual wallet on warp and the warp controller smart contract can execute transactions on your behalf through that wallet so like that wallet if you provided a transaction that like deposits uh, some assets to a money market then later on during execution it withdraws them and then like executes a swap that's like your virtual wallet like assets need to be in that wallet for the like the entire job workflow to happen. Um, and like we realized like soon enough that like more complex use cases would run into bugs. Because like you're gonna synchronize um, assets control over a single wallet with multiple jobs. So like imagine you have several trading strategies deployed as warp jobs, um, some other automation, like I don't know, funding fees, for like several different kinds of jobs. Um, And like, that's sort of like a race condition problem because like you have no idea like which assets, what job is using. Um, And it kind of like proved itself in theory to be unsafe. Um, So what we did actually, was we like moved the entire account abstraction like a level lower in, in like Warps architecture. So like now, instead of user having a single virtual account through which everything is executed, um, a job would like on the fly create its own account, which is like a job session for the duration of that job. And it would perform all the things like the controller contract would again, on, on the user's behalf, because the user created the job with that intent, The controller contract would execute transactions with the assets that are held in that jobs account. And it it basically creates a session. Um, In the case of like recurring jobs, once again, like a single job transitions its state, like from job one to job two, Uh, the job two will take over the job one's one's account and continue on. So like in case you create some more like times, uh, time-based, recurring jobs, such as, like, DCA strategies, that job will have its own session shared throughout time, so you won't lose any, like, any state that won't be leaked, or it won't get clashed with the state of different jobs. Um, and, like, that's, a, like, a very, very big thing with the use cases that are upcoming with us. Um, the second addition, like, that literally came from, like, an integration partner we we work with, was uh, a need for funding accounts, which is basically like very similar to what we had before with like the the user accounts, where you as a user can create multiple virtual wallets that can like provide uh like that can fund job executions basically for whatever jobs you want them to so like you can like organize your like funding um, operations in work, for example, like you can create several wallets. One can be like for funding your DCA strategies, like you you choose, you as a user choose uh, which jobs um, will or will not um, draw is its its operational funds from a funding account. And we literally reused the same account abstraction that we created for jobs accounts. And that like felt really good to, to add to our new design. Um, that's the biggest improvement in Warp V2. Apart from that, like we, uh, We introduced a new fee mechanism that kind of simplified how Warp operates. Previously, like in Warp V1, we had evictions. Like, um, like, okay, so Warp has a queue, an internal queue for jobs that are active. And that queue is like sorted by reward for that job, which is fine. So like jobs that pay more are incentivized to be executed um, first. Um, but the thing is, like, you need to keep track of that queue's size. So, like, that queue can grow as much as it wants. And at some point, queries will run out of memory. Um, it will have, like, gas errors uh, when you try to, like, query for jobs um, since the queue is too large. And like, obviously somebody can spam your network by creating empty jobs that like always return false and always stay in the pending queue, right? So you need to evict them at some point to keep your system stable. And our previous eviction logic um, was that we had like a, it was more complicated than it actually needed to be. So like we had a, uh, let's say like a drain, like eviction function, which would like, incentivize key- keepers to like reinsert your jobs in the queue by taking a small cut of the reward that was placed initially. So it would like take 5% of the reward every time, um, every time a job was evicted up until a certain threshold and then it would be evicted completely. And the idea was that we would like uh, push that job down in the priority in the queues priority because it's sorted by reward and that way we would prevent ourselves from being spent uh now we introduced a new fee mechanism uh which like has several components like we we have docs outlined you guys can read more about them i'm not gonna go in detail here uh, but they essentially like simplify um the like the the queues operations by having like a maintenance fee that's paid up front by the user and immediately like after if that condition for eviction ever gets uh, ever returns true, your job is executed, and you need to recreate your job. Um, it's up to the job's creator to ensure that the job is properly set up. Um, and also, like uh, an additional thing is the like the uh, emphasis on Luna burn. So we did that, like a burn fee, which is like a profit fee, which is like a percentage of the re- job's reward. Um, which like automatically gets burnt um, on every on every chain we deploy to and work on. Um, and um Leonie mentioned an interesting thing, uh, which is that we extended like before you had like what like what warp job is? It's essentially like a program. like if you think in terms of functional programming, it's essentially um, like a function or like more similar to like a pattern matching function where you define a condition and you define what gets executed on that condition. Um, Now we like extended that like one dimension uh, with another dimension. So like instead of providing a single condition and what gets executed, you can provide multiple conditions and multiple like execution bundles. And it works same as pattern matching. So like the first in sequence that returns true, that one gets executed. And what that allows you to do is like, you can program, uh, you can structure your logic. uh, You can structure your state transitions to like have multiple edges. If you think of your logic as a state graph, before you could only like chart uh, single transitions from like job one to job two. Now you can like multiple ones. For example, like imagine you build a a grid trading strategy uh, with with a warp job, which is a completely doable completely doable now. Uh, you would have like transactions that get executed when you buy an asset, and transactions that get executed when you sell an asset. And you would like define a warp variable, which is like buy or sell, which is like a simple string that holds your state. And depending on that state, when you are in your like job sequence, you're gonna execute different different parts of the job. Um, I think I think that mostly covers it. We had like a couple of more m- m- miscellaneous changes, but th- these are the most major ones.
3: Yeah. So just to just to recap that for um, for everyone, it's it's four components for Warp V two. One is a abstraction, so you're able to create jobs instantly without the need for a Warp user account. The second one that Georgie mentioned is multiple funding accounts. So this, this enables easier balance management across different jobs because you can assign. Uh, multiple funding accounts to a single job uh, and split up, you know, uh, funding accounts for different jobs that you want to create. The third one's an updated fee structure that's more transparent for the user and also automatically uh, estimates the um, job reward that's likely to get a keeper to execute the job. Right. So you have in in the warp uh, protocol, it's kind of like a decentralized marketplace in a way where you're matching job creators. So in the example of like Astroport, when you create a limit order on Astroport that's powered by warp, it creates a warp job in the background, right? So the user in that scenario is the job creator. And then the other side of that market is the, is the keeper that's running the bot that goes and executes that limit order once the price condition that the user set uh, is hit, right? And so uh, in V1, one of the issues was that users kind of had to guess like what the right job reward was to set so that their job would get executed by keepers, right? Because keepers need a monetary incentive. The whole reason the system works is because you have this system of incentives whereby the keepers are incentivized to execute these jobs in the queue, right? Because they make money for doing that through the job rewards. And so it was kind of like Ethereum before you had like automatic uh, gas estimation on wallets where like sometimes you would put not enough gas and the transaction wouldn't go through. It was kind of like that with warp jobs. And so we looked at that from a from a mechanism standpoint and said, let's just automatically estimate uh, what the job reward should be that is very likely to get a keeper to successfully execute that. So it, it enhances the UX for both users and keepers because keepers increase their profitability and users uh, don't have to estimate. You know, it basically uh, eliminates that, like, issue of like oh i set you know a job reward that wasn't enough so my job never got executed it's like if you sell a limit order but then the price got hit but it didn't execute because your reward wasn't high enough for the keeper to execute it um so that's also a, a component to the the revamp fee mechanism and like Georgie also mentioned it uh also protects against malicious actors spamming the job queue and then the last addition with uh v2 uh was uh switch statements so like georgie mentioned being able to do more sophisticated automation scenarios with warp because you have uh the ability to do more advanced condition setting so those are those are kind of the enhancements with warp uh, it's a lot easier from a user standpoint you know that it automatically estimates and calculates the fee they pay upfront. they pay a single fee when they create a job and it automatically esti- estimates the job reward for them and the, the use cases, which we, I think we, you know, we, we can talk about, not just what you guys are planning on doing, but potential future use cases as well, are essentially infinite with warp. It's, uh, Vlad typically mentions this on Spaces, um, but I'll mention it here as well. It's, it's kind of similar to like a programming language in a way where it's, it's a really powerful developer tooling that enables uh, developers to leverage cost-efficient on-chain automation to create features and user experiences on their app without needing to modify smart contracts, right? So they basically, you you know, not only can you uh, take, you know, actions that you might be running on on chain. I'm sorry, off chain centralized infrastructure today on bots and bring that on, you know, through a decentralized uh, automation process. But you can also uh, add warp functionality onto your front end and enable new features for your users without actually needing to modify the smart contracts on the back end using things like the warp SDK.
1: Yeah, thanks. It was a great overview. I think in a nutshell, one could say it makes it v2 makes warp easier to use, but also extends the capabilities and use cases that you can um, integrate with warp or can use warp for. Um, Yeah. So for our integration with Quasar, we'll be um, We'll be deploying on Osmosis. So we'll have a governance proposal coming up very soon. So make sure to follow our um, Twitter or X account, Warp underscore protocol, because we'll be posting it there and we'd be happy to get feedback on that and get that passed to get started working on it. Um, maybe we can go a little bit deeper into um, Quasar's current product. So um, Lawrence, maybe you want to talk a little bit more about it and the use cases you're looking to implement with Warp.
5: Yeah, for sure. So uh, I'll quickly say hi. Uh, I missed the introduction to some bad internet. I'm Lawrence. I'm the CTO of Quasar. Um, So currently at Quasar, what we're building, uh, our current product live, our uh, automated off-chain strategic CL vaults. So uh, what we do is basically a user puts some funds into one of our CL vaults and then our CL vault optimize their yield for them such that they can like they basically have like a no input experience uh on top of the osmosis concentrate liquidity. Um
1: right. so the C L vaults are concentrated liquidity vaults automated yeah. liquidity provision, right?
5: Yeah so it's basically oh, like UDV free uh but then osmosis um so uh our current product well our product is finished uh i think from a decentralized nature perspective speaking our core team is still very much involved in the product and in running the product uh so that's why warp is super interesting for us i think at quasar everybody's a decentralization maxi uh at quasar everybody wants to see quasar become the most decentralized yield protocol and uh see quasar become the most uh usable decentralized protocol as well uh, so that's one of the things where i honestly believe warp comes in very well um because if we just kind of start changing jobs together and start adding them to all together in certain ways uh, to me it feels like even our current centralized infrastructure that we have to run we can completely decentralize and instead give out to the community to run give out to the keepers of warp to run and then with the incoming uh, ref from the vault, intern page keeper network so that everything kind of runs magically on its own on chain. That's super exciting. Could
3: you, um, just for my own understanding, um, when you guys deposit, so like if I was like a user that didn't really know what I was doing and I go on osmosis and I try and do concentrated liquidity and I like set an inefficient, you know, like I'm like inefficient at managing my liquidity. What, what like, and I'm sure it differs by pool, but like how much uh, benefit does a user see in terms of like, you know, APR yield by using a vault on Quasar versus uh, just trying to basically go onto osmosis and manage it themselves?
5: so i can't say any direct numbers because obviously this depends a lot on the users back when concentrate liquidity came out on osmosis there were some great threats on twitter by people where they kind of showed how uh, when price movement happened they got wrecked on impermanent loss uh because they went to bed and price moved while they went to bed so if you think about concentrate liquidity what you're basically doing is you're leveraging impermanent loss so you increase the risk of impermanent loss to also leverage your yields that means super tight positions if not rebalanced properly might suffer big impermanent loss but also they gain a very very large amount of yield so if you think about you as a user if you lp osmo between one and two dollars uh you're a very inefficient lpr at the moment but if you lp i know percent or Uh, maybe per 5 cents, if Osmo moves for 10 cents and you want to then repurchase Osmo to recreate your LP, at that point, you've already suffered multiple tens of percents of losses on your position in in impermanent loss. So what we do is we kind of automate this experience for the user uh, and we try to minimize impermanent loss while maximizing their yield.
4: That's super cool. Thanks for explaining that. That was helpful. Yeah, I
1: think it's also interesting what you said really ties in with what Vlad mentioned at the beginning. The use case that Warp initially was created for was that actual problem of having to use centralized bots and creating a version, a decentralized version for that. So I think that um, ties in really well. But yeah, you were going to say something, Lawrence. Go
4: ahead. I was
5: about to, but I just forgot it. So I think we're fine. I think Vlad was wanting to say something.
2: Yeah, I, I I was gonna say, um, yeah, that's exactly right, um, Leonie and Lawrence. Like, if you are not there, right, and and this is the problem that that Quasar is solving. And, like, if you are not there to manage your LP, you're potentially, you know, losing out on gains. And worst case, you're losing out on money through impermanent loss. Um, and so. Quasar built systems to prevent that to automatically manage your liquidity, and I think you know this is a perfect use case for Warp to help integrate with Quasar because then now we can decentralize that automation process. Um, You know, we can get in there and then ensure that there's no you know single point of failure to this that your executions will always be executed. Um, A good example for single single point of failure is um, you know, right when we were deploying warp, right, um Cloudflare was down. So we couldn't even deploy a new version of the website at the moment. And if something like that would were to happen with you know a bot that's managing funds, then it's not good because people can end up losing out on money, they can end up losing out on gains, and ultimately we want to prevent that.
5: Yeah, exactly. And um that's why i think like warp is a very nice thing to have especially in cosmos what we see like when you look at cosmos is cosmos is a very immature market um like you already have key from ethereum that's kind of a thing that already exists on osmosis when you start working as a dev you're kind of uh you know like the, the the confused john travolta jeff you're kind of looking around like okay so now what does this mean do i actually go to aws or go do i go to gcp and run a server for my cron jobs which just basic cron jobs um but i think there's another step in there which looking at cosmos defi in general as well it's very immature um if i look for example if i compare mars protocol to yumi if i want to borrow atom uh, there's like a 5% difference in borrow rates between the two which in my opinion is like an incredibly huge difference um especially if you are going to run vault or if you are going to run something that optimizes uh, DeFi actions for a user you don't want to have to pin to one of the two or you don't want to be dependent on infrastructure of one of the two so maybe i'm front running some discussion points we had already but one of the really cool things i see for example that we could build is an automated balancer over all different money markets in Cosmos, where you just go in there and you just deposit collateral and you take out uh, some other funds. And then the automation protocol will choose for you wherever the borrowing is cheapest and just automatically move over your funds. And if borrowing somewhere else goes lower, it will move over your collateral funds again.
4: That's hype. Yeah, absolutely. And,
2: you know, being so early, right, like this is such a huge opportunity for people um, to experience immature markets because it's not going to be like this for a long time. You're not really going to be able to arb different protocols, um, you know, and and things like Quasar, things like Warp can can really be there to help, you know, uh, to help users get that opportunity to do that. Um you know with these with these wildly different yields
1: yeah i think those are all really great insights and no worries about front running any discussion points (laughs) feel free to jump in whenever you like whenever you want to add on to the discussion um yeah i think we actually covered a lot um already about the use cases that warp could have on quasar if anyone wants to add on something feel free to just jump right in
5: i think maybe it's interesting to talk about like not not the big vision stuff because obviously uh we're not going to have like the money market optimizers in a month or two months or three months uh but i think it's pretty cool to talk about what we can actually have in three months uh which is probably or maybe four months like the decentralization of our vault infrastructure um so we already ran the governance proposal to uh move our vaults over to auto compounding with the warp deployment uh we can run the entire outer compounding infrastructure through uh for through keeper network and have it be on chain so that we actually already have this uh decentralized part of our vaults where we're no longer needed as a core dev team to keep those vaults running
2: yeah so can you give us like a quick technical, but not too technical um, explanation of how these auto compounders work right now? And then maybe we can we can go ahead and, and um, you know, tell the space how we plan on using warp to solve it.
5: Oh yeah. So we haven't rolled out out compounding yet, but uh, we have the code ready already. So I can go a bit in depth there. Um, basically we're going to run some kind of on-chain text router. Um so maybe in the future we could support S report as we want, but for now it will just be Osmosis. Um where we have a route for the swapping. Uh a Vault earns yield. So a Vault for example, let's if we look at our SC atom atom vault, uh will earn ST rewards but SC atom rewards but also atom rewards. On the side this vault also earns stride rewards um if it's a real outer compound vault, we want to uh swap the stride rewards that we have earned on that pool uh into st atom or ethan uh so that we can keep like increasing our position size and keep increasing the size of the lp right so that we earn more on what we already earned what I see happening is that, for example, we've got some keeper job where whenever we have more than X amount of rewards already earned, uh, a keeper comes in, swaps over the rewards, uh, and hands them back to the vault.
6: Also, I like that you're saying, like, um, in a more down-to-earth explanation why this is a game changer, uh, we're going to enhance the user experience by removing the need for these manual reward claims, and also we're expecting uh, the APRs to significantly, sorry, significantly increase through this efficient compounding. And also, Lawrence, maybe you'd like to tease a bit about the, this being a foundation for the tradable vault shares uh, that's going to also enhance uh, the DeFi asset composability.
5: Oh yeah, for sure. So um, I think. APR to APY is already interesting. Uh, if you look at, uh, I don't know, one of the mixed delta vaults we're running, uh, those sometimes do 50% APR. Um, on certain good days in Osmosis, on like big trading days, I don't know if you guys remember, Osmosis run up from uh, 20 cents to 140. I believe that it lasted about three days. Um, but on those big days, those mixed delta vault actually managed to churn out somewhere around 200 to 300 apr now if we convert that to apy we get really big numbers um but like the current experience here kind of sucks for you to be honest because if you were away during the run-up you wouldn't have been compounding your yield so that's three percent that you earned on the first day of the run-up you wouldn't earn over that again on the second day of the run-up uh so like without compounding that's something we unlock in terms of user experience and something we enable users to do um i also like as miku mentioned um auto compounding is a big step forward to us in terms of creating uh more composable um defy products uh once we've got like Auto-compounded vault shares, we can start IBCing over our vault shares. So you can already borrow against Atom right now on uh Nolus, for example, or you, you can open a niche on lowless you can uh mint IST, you can mint C T against your Atom, uh, which is nice and all, but once you do that, you're no longer using that atom. The atom kind of sits idle. Uh, what's more interesting for you, in my opinion, is the moment you've got your atom, you LP it into an S atom S T atom or an atom atom or an atom S T K atom uh pool, you get a vault share, you IBC that over some place, and then uh you mint some kind of asset against that, like IST, like C D T, or you open a lease so you can buy some more atom if you want.
2: That's really exciting, guys. When do you plan
5: on having this out? Uh um, well I'm a dev, so I know for a fact that my timelines cannot be trusted. Um I think <laughs> I think auto-compounding is realistic to say maybe March or start of April. Um when will when will have uh will have the vault shares usable in other products also depends on those other products, right? So I can't actually make any promise about it. But we have talked to a lot of people about this would be something that's super cool, especially uh once IBC to Eve launches. Uh we think it would be really cool if you could use the vault shares you get from LP and Osmos to IBC and over to Eve and use them in DeFi protocols over there.
4: awesome i'm looking forward to it um but i'm i'm personally curious like
2: what's the apr difference that you can see if you auto compound versus not auto compounding like have you had um you know any any specific figures that that we could tell the crowd here to kind of display how significant of an impact auto compounding makes
5: Um, so let me check for you um I can just google a quick calculator, so we've got the mixed delta vaults that do about fifty percent a p r on like i think average days uh they're kind of around that like general size uh then would go to like sixty four uh a p y so that's like once you out compound them you get about fourteen percent extra um Then on those big days, uh, if you're thinking about like a big osmosis trading day, like the run-up day, uh, if you think about 100% APR, that would go up to about 170, 175. Uh, And I think the best we've, I've seen the one vault do was about 300% a single day, which would go up to like 1,800. So... It really scales well on the big days when the user is away from his keyboard, not looking at the market, uh, but still wants to like compound his yields on itself.
2: So yeah, these are really, really significant numbers. And you guys said you have an auto compounding vault, right?
5: Yeah, so we're going to migrate over our Constraint liquidity vault to become auto compounding on their own rewards.
2: Nice, and and that's actually capital efficient in and of itself because instead of you know every user having to auto compound on their own, which costs you know individual fees for every single user, you actually just auto compound the entire vault once, and then everybody gets to reap the benefits um, of this action, which is a really smart way to design them.
5: It's even speaking from like uh, Osmosis as their own. Uh chain perspective really nice because instead of a user coming and having to do like two transactions to compound or maybe even three to compound their yield, instead it's just a single transaction in a single block. Um, we've already seen days where it's like difficult to get in osmosis, thinking back to like TIA or something. Uh, you don't want users compounding their yield alongside all the crazy TIA TR trading that was happening.
2: Exactly, yeah, because some people you know might be able to get in, some people not um, and then it kind of creates a mess. So having this all under one umbrella um, is actually really beneficial for users. Um, and it really helps, like like these efficiency, efficiency improvements really help the chain as well, as you mentioned.
6: Also the implementation of this feature is going to be essential for the launch of our liquid staked bolts. But I think that's way too much alpha for today. So I'm going to save that up for later.
4: Nice, some alpha leaks
1: already. Yeah, we still have 15 more minutes left. So if anyone in the audience has some questions, please um, request to speak or leave them in the comments. We don't have any questions yet in the comments. So I think we can also take the time until someone raises a question to talk a little bit more about the benefits for both of the teams. Um, Maybe Vlad or Steph, you want to speak a bit more to that?
4: Yeah, let's hear it from Steph. You there, Steph? Hey, yes. Sorry, uh, I'm
7: here. <laughs> uh,
4: I wasn't on it. Yeah.
7: Um, well, I, I think that from a broader perspective, this enables um, all the protocols, especially, well, as in this case, to run a smoother and more reliable infrastructure that opens up for, endless uh, automation processes and actually yeah i see a lot of fit for our uh, actual infrastructure to implement basically automated distributions while uh, well it could be also migrated to our next feature of auto compounding that would make our lp tokens liquid and ibc transferable over over, over other protocols
5: when you guys hear me and Steph talk, can you guess who's actually like forced to run the Chrome jobs and was just sitting back kind of thinking of cool stuff?
1: Yeah, I think we can tell. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe to wrap this up, um, I think it's great to see how you guys can use Warp to further decentralize and also make the life easier for users with auto compounding. In the case of Quasar or for other protocols, it could be limit orders or whatever use case you come up with. And I think that's a big, big thing in crypto because UX usually isn't that great. And with Warp, you can build use cases that are automated and make it easier for users. Um, Yeah, anyone wants to jump in and give a few last comments or words?
7: I would add that um, that also enables developers to focus more on the development itself um, while forgetting over the maintenance and running the protocol itself and also I see it as a way um, like uh, more way more fair rather than mm, paying those fees to tech giants like AWS. So basically giving also mm, the community and the ecosystem the chance to, to play an active role in this, while also uh, I'm thinking now to the burning mechanism that Warp brings, so that would be also good from a deflationary perspective for the, token,
4: for the token price. So definitely a win-win in my opinion. Yeah, for sure. First and foremost,
1: it's a tool to make developers' lives easier. So we could now definitely tell that Steph, you are the ones who had to take care of the cron jobs. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and the community is super excited about the Luna value capture. So I think that's um, also a good point that you mentioned there. Also quickly wanted to mention again that we'll be posting the governance proposal. To deploy WAP on osmosis very soon. So make sure to follow our Twitter or X account, WAP underscore protocol, but also the Quasar team's account, Quasar Phi. Um, yeah, and then once it's up, give it a read and leave a comment if you support it or not. We, we're happy to hear feedback. Yeah, let me see if there are any other questions. I don't see anyone who requested to speak
4: and also no comments so far. So yeah, any last words from any of our speakers?
5: I'm just very excited to get a proper uh, automation network set up and have some cool guys supporting it. And I do have one last question as a dev asking the when question is always hard, but when can I run a keeper easily on the cache?
2: um that's an interesting question can you currently run
4: like javascript bots or uh, python bots on akash i think
5: they might be a bit too overkill i do know they support kubernetes uh but you don't want to run a kubernetes cluster for this (laughs)
2: um well i mean you can right like if you want to load balance your keepers like you can make some very, very advanced keepers. The one we provide on our GitHub is a very simple, single threaded uh, type of deal. But if you want to make a cluster um, and, and balance all of the jobs and kind of parallelize through that, then you absolutely can, um, especially like once, you know, warp grows and we start having thousands of jobs you need to sift through, um, you know, at that point, it might not be overkill. Um, and and we might want to take a look at developing stronger keepers that can capture more jobs and and kind of beat up the others. Um, and eventually, I think we'll have like kind of keeper wars to see who can build the fastest one. Um, because at the end of the day, right, if you're profiting and if there's enough profit, people are going to be incentivized to do so. We might actually see complex systems like that with keepers.
1: I like that one, keeper wars. We have to establish that.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um I'm I'm also very excited to work with Quasar. I think, you know, the more different use cases we have on Warp, um the more feedback we get, right? And and the better we can develop Warp to be for the developers. Um and so, you know, the more we have, the more we can adapt and then, you know, all of the protocols benefit from this. So, uh really appreciate, you know, Quasar coming up to me. Um, in Cosmoverse, letting me, you know, explain the protocol to them. um, And then also, you know, catching up later and, um, and, and following back up. So now, um, you know, both protocols can benefit from this.
6: I wanted to say thank you for uh, tuning in, everyone. This space was great. If you're interested in learning more about Quasar, about what we do, you can follow us on Twitter. You can join our community and also uh, come join us on Telegram. We'll be there to answer your questions if you have any right now.
1: Yeah, thanks everyone for joining to all our guests, to all our speakers, um, to you guys from Quasar, and also the audience listeners. Um, As you already said, follow on Twitter. And um, we'll be posting updates about everything that's happening about the integration. So you will um, get the news fresh there.
4: Thanks, guys. Thanks, everybody. See ya. Thanks. See Next. you guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.
1: Nice. I'm gonna. I'm gonna tell you something. When, when the world starts to get really bad. And these mugs out here robbing, you going to love
0: digital currency. All these motherfuckers, they be running and gunning. And I'm all like, I'm sitting back just having fun in the sun. And then I'm like, one out of a hundred, I'm just building up on it. So some of everything we built are in the last hundred upsets? You're getting salty, feeling faulty. You ain't no man. I keep robo here, grinning it, it, throwing up anarchy. Smoking toiletries, spitting philosophies. Look at the dossier. We rack like geology. There's layers to this shit, like it's sedimentary. All these little onion peels getting torn off and buried, imagine the smell, that shit is a vital experience, without knowing how you will not survive, period, uh, <laughs> he's a fucking trip, man, Jimmy, you know if you, Jimmy, you know if you listen to this, right, you're getting absolutely fucking ripped to death, like on a spacer of the life, you little troglodyte
7: bastard, I hope you fucking listen, I hope you come to my house, and I swear to God, man, I've got
0: fucking loads of weapons on my dogs, man, you just a little laugh, man, go on. Fuck off, man. Do want one. Fuck off. Harmony. No, no the one. the wonder you looking for a fucking job. you fucking idiot. You've just been fucking at the death. <laughs> Fuck off. Try to change the course of the portion philosophy I'm just here for the corporation Sponsored lobotomy Feels like I won the lottery Like I'm ghosting this pottery Chill, Demi Boy, the shit's supposed to be haunting If it wasn't, ain't no puzzle You would try to train your muscle dropping like a fatal hustle But the pay is awesome Think of all the loss of crew. Just to pick up on the tricky Cuss, I'm not figured All those sub downs would make up for something I guess it just goes to show The fuck do I know At least it's quiet over here I like my little silo It's better than watching them fight over How to divide my time between Sitting at the desk and the ride home. Devs at Mickey D's, they leeching off that Wi Fi. Zabdos and Moldy shipping more than five guys. Console open, waiting for the kamikaze when the flash loans bang. They're feeling like paparazzi snapshot motherfuckers. We got layers, over a jawbreaker. We cracking a lot of craters. We rappin' a lot of pay dirt, maxing out relators Imagine the smell. $5 wrench to your dark Vader. It's, it's really funny uh, to us at finance that
9: everyone here is talking about.
2: uh, Bitcoin mines, putting them in caves, putting them in, in uh, factories that were abandoned in the past, and also using electromagnetic pulse bombs to detonate uh, the USA and the other country mines, right? So you're now applying this strategy to, to lunch, uh in order to take over the chain. Is that correct? Uh, it's more simple.
9: There's no uh, EMP bomb. It's just a van of men in uh, Balaclava, and they have wrench, and they're taking the physical validators from people's houses they are usually very fat and they're usually uh in the shower with you know we're trying to wash uh, their mice uh droppings off their uh, clothes so it's very simple we just walk in and we take it but if there is someone who is sitting at the computer or sleeping at the computer we uh, we hit them with the wrench really really hard and then they say stop don't do that again and we say that's okay Just Mm -hmm. give us your validator note and then they give it to us and we drive it to China.